Hi, What The Health Tech listeners. I'm your host this week, Justine Abson. This is the podcast where we tackle some of the trending topics, ideas and best practice in health and social care. This week, we're speaking to Rebecca Moss and Lauren Wilden. Both are digital PR experts working at JBH, an organisation which works with health and social care organisations across the UK to help them manage their reputation, raise their profile and promote themselves to new patients or residents. Outside of work, Rebecca is currently working her way through the NHS Couch to 5K running programme and dragging her poor, long-suffering dog Bonnie along for all her runs. I'm sure she's loving that, Rebecca. She's not. <laughs> um, and Lauren is mum to four-year-old Millie. Um, and as a food lover, enjoys sharing her experiences of local restaurants and events in her hometown of Cheltenham. She even has her own account on Instagram for this, Growing Out and Up. I also hear it's Lauren's birthday today. So happy birthday, Lauren. Uh, 25 again, is it? Yeah, 25 again. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> um, so hi, Rebecca and Lauren. Welcome to What The Health Tech. It's great to have you both here. Hiya. Thank you for having us. So yeah. in, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about profile and reputation. So both are things when it comes to health and social care can make a huge impact on an organisation. Um, but there's sometimes things that can get pushed aside when the day-to-day work is so important. So we're going to chat around why this is so important for employees, patients, residents, their families, um, and anyone else that's involved within within the sector. So Rebecca, I'm going to come to you first. So for our, our listeners, can you give us a brief overview of who JBH are and what you do there? Absolutely. I just want to say thank you for having myself and Lauren on the podcast. Really excited to um, talk to you today about what we do for um, our brands in their healthcare space. So um, JBH, so we're the largest specialist digital PR agency in the UK. We work with brands in the healthcare sector to help increase their visibility in Google search, as well as build that really, really important brand awareness and credibility too. So my role at JBH is digital PR director. So my role is primarily to oversee the whole function of the digital PR service and secondary to kind of help with the growth of the agency and do lovely things like this. I'll hand over to Lauren who can give you a little bit of an update on um, her role. Yeah, so hi, I'm Lauren. Um, I'm digital PR manager at JBH. Um, so what I do is I run my own sort of separate PR pod, um, which consists of a junior manager, two PR execs, our senior content lead and an additional content writer. Um, we currently work on six accounts um, and as well as obviously the healthcare sector, we also work in technology, food and drink, beauty, health. We've even got a hearing aid client. So never a dull day and there's always lots going on um and i mainly oversee sort of the bigger picture stuff um aside as well as the day-to-day um accounts so i ensure that all the projects are running smoothly into deadlines that our clients kpis are on target um that our clients are generally happy with the service they're receiving and making sure that sort of their wider marketing plans um are fitting in with our pr goals and with to make sure that we're sort of a real extension of their team rather than just sort of an outsourced agency I think that's really important as well, you know, being a um, a marketing person that works with you guys, you know, having that kind of that teamwork is really important. And I think, like you said, you know, getting the market and plans to fit in with the PR goals as well um, definitely helps with that with that success. Um, And I guess it must be great to work across so many different sectors as well. You know, it kind of keeps every day different and, and a bit a bit mixed up as well. It does, honestly. It could be sort of the morning you could be writing about um, bottomless drag brunches and in the afternoon you're writing a piece on Bluetooth hearing aids and um, audit management, risk management, healthcare. So, you know, every day's a school day. <laughs> Completely different. 
So yeah. focusing on the health and social care. Um, so why do you think it's so important for health and social care organisations to look at digital PR, particularly when it comes to their reputation? Oh, it's it's so vital, honestly. I think it's such a competitive vertical. There's so many brands kind of vying for attention, not only just in the Google search results, but also for just general kind of brand awareness. And from what we've seen in terms of doing research and working with other brands is that, I suppose, health and social care, what the PR they do tends to be rooted in the more traditional PR functions. So things like events and, um, you know, thought leadership and that kind of things. But which is great, and you'll get kind of brand awareness and credibility within those health and social care circles. But I'm, I suppose what you want is that you get all that benefit as well, but with the actual marketing function as well. You want to gain exposure within with those new audiences and also increase those search engine rankings. So I guess what you could call digital PR is like traditional PR with bells on. <laughs> so you're getting all the all the audience and all the kind of credibility within your industries, but you're also getting in front of those new audiences as well. Um, so what we do as an agency is kind of use those traditional PR techniques, but generate generate results on a, on a on a digital platform. So it's kind of touching best of both worlds really yeah and i think also in terms of the traditional pr techniques that we incorporate here in J- at jbh um sort of such as thought leadership articles um, and expert features and opinion pieces they lend themselves really well to clients who are operating in the healthcare sector they give brands a chance to sort of educate audiences build awareness and trust and foster a strong community within sort of the niche sectors within the healthcare industry itself so putting information um in front of people um, and as, as wide a range of people as possible to understand sort of digestible insights of what can be quite an overwhelming and complicated sector sometimes. Yeah, and I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head there with, you know, there is so much content, there's so much to talk about. Um, and a lot of the topics within health and social care can be really um sort of complicated um there can be a lot of information, especially, you know, you read some white papers and things like that, and they can be some of them are hundreds of pages long so I think to be able to kind of get those down into sort of more bite-size manageable um bits and pieces is is really key as well to get people to to really understand what what they mean I think that's why it's good sometimes that obviously as as PRs ourselves it's not our expert sort of it's not our go-to so we need to be able to digest it down for ourselves to understand it which then I think helps translate when we're sort of pitching into journalists and we're helping to sort of um, engage with wider audiences because if it's if it's a client side it's something that they're taking in day in day out and they know it sort of inside out but that's not always going to be the easiest way for other people to understand it so we're sort of a good filter yeah, I was going to say, we're just like the filter, aren't we, between um, the, the big white paper information and how an audience will actually receive it. So we kind of, the information gets passed through us and it becomes this newsworthy story um, that journalists love and audiences are going to recognise and kind of resonate with, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's really interesting that, that you kind of use the traditional PR techniques, but in a digital way, because that's obviously the bit that's got the such a huge outreach now. There's so many different ways to, to do that. Um, so obviously moving on to to kind of the next question jbh is is specifically digital pr so why is it so important for private companies or local practices in particular to ensure they're present when it comes to patients or residents searching for them um from a marketing point of view obviously search engine optimization can be seen as such a big investment on time but there's so much choice out there um it must be incredibly important for organizations to actually even be seen in the first place um what advice have you got for our listeners around the importance of this 
Yeah, for, for sure. I think it's it's absolutely so important and vital that healthcare organisations see this as an investment rather than just maybe putting money into PPC or paid search, where it's literally just going to be, you know, you spend your money, get your little bit of visibility and then it's gone again. Um, you know, before I said that health and social care is a really, really saturated space when it comes to like traditional PR. But when it comes to things like digital PR, we're seeing that the really kind of early adopters are seeing the benefit really, really quickly when we compare it to kind of other sectors, like Lauren said before, we work with loads of different sectors. But actually, where we see the benefit most quickly is within the health and social care sector. So it's a really, really good time to get involved. Um, you know, we've been working with you guys at Radar for around three months now, and we're already kind of seeing the beginnings of those ranking increases and increased visibility. And that's really, really quick. You know, for some brand, for some brands and some verticals, you don't see anything for six months. And that the reason for that really is because not a lot of brands are doing it. So you guys are the early adopters. You're kind of getting involved straight away. And you're going to see the benefits of that long term, not just like putting money into PPC, putting money into paid social. It's, it is something that you, it is basically a marathon rather than a sprint is how I look at it. Yeah, I think that's um, from obviously from our point of view, it's, you know, it's great to kind of know that we're a bit ahead of the game and, and that's exactly what, what we want to be doing, really. But also we kind of recognise the importance of it as well, um, you know, being seen by residents yep. patients um you know kind of healthcare organizations everybody really it's it's just so important and another thing that I just wanted to add to that was that with digital PR, you're getting put in front of audiences that you wouldn't ordinarily be put in front of. So with traditional PR, you're probably going to be in kind of the industry publications, stuff that, you know, your, your colleagues and peers would read. But actually, the people that you want to speak to aren't reading those publications necessarily. So it's great to kind of get more eyeballs on your brand, even if they're not necessarily in the publications that you traditionally would expect. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And I, I think that's where sort of change comes in as well, you know, kind of being ahead of things and, you know, making sure that, that you kind of know what's going on because because things do change so much. Um, you know, it's inevitable across health and social care as an organisation. Um, and it can sometimes be difficult, I think, for people within the industry to keep up. So is there a way for companies like JBH that they can help with a, you know, a brand and communications point of view when it comes to this sort of fast moving industry? Yeah, I think sort of over the past two years, specifically with obviously COVID and the pandemic, we've sort of been thrown in at deep end and having to change and pivot plans. Like two years ago when COVID first hit, I don't think you'd find a PR out there who was completely, who wasn't completely blindsided, had to sort of, rework all their plans and all their PR plans for, the, for what they had um, in mind for their for their clients that year, the next two years, really. So um, I think it's now second nature to us to be able to cope with change, to be able to keep communications, whether that be on social media content, on-site content, in the form of more traditional press releases, to make sure sort of that your audiences, your stakeholders are kept as up-to-date as possible, that the correct messaging is being circulated among your stakeholders, and just on behalf of you as an organisation that like everything is focused on what's happening now rather than apologizing for what's happened or not not um, not um acknowledging the change yeah and i think that again you know covid is is kind of i guess pushed digital sort of even further 
um, in terms of how important it is. You know, we can get things out really quickly. We can get things out. Um, you know, we're not waiting for printed deadlines and, and that kind of thing as well. So, you know, you can be really reactive to things that are really important. Um, and especially with, you know, with things like COVID, I think that's really kind of transformed that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I think for, for the whole industry, for the whole PR industry, especially with healthcare, you know, you don't know what BBC News is going to be reporting from one day to the next. So we have to just make sure that anything that we're planning for our clients is aligned with what's going on in the wider news agenda so it doesn't sort of come off as maybe insensitive or sort of negative in any form so yeah it's really important to keep on top of the news agenda yeah and, and i think as well it's important oh, sorry no that's fine <laughs> i was just going to say i think it's really important going back to what lauren was saying about being able to pivot when you've got a strategy in place because you know when covid hit we didn't know what to do so you know as an agency i remember us sitting down going through every single account that we had every single story that we were about to pitch and saying you know going through this filter is it tone deaf is it relevant are people going to care about it is it going to is it presenting a negative or a positive story and literally doing that for every single brand and working out from there what we do because and, and it's not like we're not going to have this again things will continue to happen so it's important that everybody is is aware that there will be a need to be flexible um, and I think again COVID has taught us all that in every single industry I don't think it's just PR. Yeah and I think, I think sorry go on Lauren. I think it also just gives a lot of opportunities as well it's not all sort of yeah. doom and gloom and negative I think having sort of that unknown territory means that you can be a bit more creative and you can use sort of what's going on in the wider sort of world and the wider news agenda to, to your client's benefit as long as you do it sort of in a in a clever enough way, in a way that sort of benefits them as an organisation and isn't just for the sake of it. Yeah, and I think that, um, you know, that sensitivity side and and kind of understanding the audience and, and what's going on at that time is, you know, that's where it really does come down to to knowing who you're, who you want to speak to really and what is happening in the industry at that, at that time. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's where this online presence is, it's clearly a huge must-have um, to be seen by every health health by every healthcare organisation, um, and I think it's where you can potentially, you know, use that to build trust with with your communities online as well. Um, you know, that kind of getting that information out and being trustworthy, and and you know, sort of speaking to people in the right way, really. So, you know, from from a company's point of view, or from an organisation's point of view, to be able to build that trust online is is kind of fundamental absolutely trust and credibility i would say is probably the most important part of digital pr for the healthcare industry i would say it's less important maybe for some other industries but in this industry there's so much medical misinformation knocking about out there you know if you're asking dr google to help you with anything then i think you have to be so careful with what you're absorbing and what you're reading so everything that brands need to put out needs to be credible it needs to be expert backed it needs to be um, you know, we need to be very, very careful about what publications we allow our clients to be present in as well. So, for example, for in the healthcare industry, you want to make sure that you're getting your experts and getting your brands into the most credible publications possible, because that's what's, what's that is what Google is looking at, it's what your audience is looking at, and you know, it's essentially a vote for how credible you are as a brand as well. So, it's absolutely so important to have this trust and credibility throughout every single thing that you do, whether it's a large scale campaign, newsjacking, whether it's reactive content. You know, you know that's a bit of jargon there for <laughs> using the PR industry. But for every single thing that you do, you always need to be thinking: 
is it credible? Will people trust me if I'm saying this? How can we capitalise on that even more? Yeah, and I think that one thing that I do really want to chat about is, you know, I've, I've worked in, in the healthcare industry for the just for six months. Um, and one thing I've noticed particularly is how passionate people are about what they do. You know, everybody really wants to make a difference. So in light of that, how can digital PR in particular help help with this one, Lauren? So I think one of the things that I'm going back to again that I'm most passionate about at JBH is introduce is um, incorporating the more traditional techniques alongside the digital PR techniques. So we're focusing on this um, alongside our bread and butter link building tactics and SEO strategies. Um, we can sort of offer up the reputation boostings sort of brag element of being able to say that you've been featured in these nationally read publications and these very sort of um, peer focused um, publications too. And I think the healthcare clients in particular are fantastic because um, they have such a unique insight on a wide variety of topics. So we can offer up um, expert commentary, in-depth opinion-led features. Um, and there's often sort of confusing, like we said before, confusing and complicated um, medical information and medical terms that audiences might not necessarily understand. So there's not really a day goes by when we don't see sort of um, inquiries and requests from journalists who are looking to speak with specific health experts, doctors, psychologists, NHS workers. So I think that's sort of what we really try and focus on and, and how we try and help sort of in the health and social sectors. It's a massive opportunity, isn't it, for brands to get involved on that level because they are qualified, they have the expertise. It's just that they need somebody like us or a company like us to help them shape it in the way that's going to make them look the best. So they've got it all there in house. They've got all these experts, all this data. How can we create? You know, how can they create that into stories that audiences are going to care about and journalists are want to, going to want to care about as well? Yeah, and I think you know that is definitely one of the best things about working in healthcare for me. You know, there's always something to focus on. There's always something to talk about. There's so many interesting topics in general to discuss. It's you know, I think um, I think you mentioned it earlier, Lauren. There is never a dull day. Um, and it's really clear from some of our previous podcasts about how passionate people really are. You know, we've had um, people like Big Ian, who does a lot of work within the care sector, um, you know, about how they really can help change things. Um, you know, we spoke with Public Policy Projects a few weeks ago um, and Lottie Moore, one of their policy analysts there, said, you don't go into a role like this to just accept things. You go in to really make a change. And I think that's, you know, that's something that I've certainly seen from everybody that I've worked with um, over the last few months, especially. So public perception, you know, we've, we've kind of mentioned public perception a few times. Um, so it's really important for, for care providers, hospitals, GP practices, you know, that, that kind of, you know, everyone within healthcare. Um, in terms of activity, you know, that, that is the right way to talk about this stuff. Um, I mean, we might, might have already touched on it anyway, but is there anything specific that, you know, activity wise that is is the best way to kind of get that that public perception out there? I think on this question, it's really, really tricky to talk in, in really generally about it. But I would say on the top line of that would be being present in the right publications and producing com campaigns that are talking about the right things. And that sound, might sound like a little bit of a cop out, but I think it's very, very specific to different um, different brands and different objectives that the brands have as to what that activity looks like. Does that kind of answer that question? <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. And I think is you know sometimes it's it is the 
they almost the obvious things if if that makes sense you know but it's about like you said you know when the campaigns are talking about the right things again it comes back yeah. to what we mentioned earlier I think about understanding your audience and understanding yeah. what's going on and making sure that the messages are the right messages that you should be putting out there at that time. I think what you said before Justine was quite interesting about you know the people that work within the healthcare industry they don't get into it just to accept things I think it's our job as PRs to get that to get that across that people are so passionate and they are so you know they care so much about what they do and I think that's really really unique to what we've seen in the healthcare industry that people do care so much and they want to get that messaging out there and get their point of view across so that is definitely something that is unique and can be used by brands in this sector to really kind of get ahead of the competition I suppose. Yeah and that's that's really good to know as well I think you know like we've mentioned people are there is that huge passion there so um, yeah, I kind of can definitely see that how that works without a doubt. So obviously in healthcare, not everything goes right all of the time. Um, you know, there's there are things that go wrong. So, you know, we all know negative PR can happen. Um, it's inevitable. Um, so what advice would you give an organisation in the event of something happening? Um, and, you know, what should they do? What should they how should they react in, in the event of a crisis? So I think obviously it depends on the crisis and it depends on exactly sort of the the level of seriousness. But I think sort of to give a a general overview, it's important to stay as authentic and transparent as possible. Um, If if sort of particular decisions or actions are being questioned or having sort of negative repercussions, especially in the press or online, social media can be obviously a big issue in in that respect. Um, I think especially instead of sort of trying to hide something or trying to sort of keep it from going public, that's obviously going to have negative consequences. And that's always, and I think, you know, a, a brand or an organisation admitting when they've done something wrong or when something wasn't the right decision or the right um, measures to take um, is key to maintaining trust or, you know, putting their hands up and saying, we, we made this decision and it was the wrong one or we, we did this and it was the wrong thing to do. Um, and I think that's even more important for those operating in the healthcare sector because obviously, you know, you're, you're tasked with very important, complex information you know it's it's people's lives in some in some instances so they're sort of trying to get their messaging across to the public audiences and to stakeholders involved um in understandable making making it understandable making it digestible again like we were talking about before um and just really making sure that they're accountable for their actions and not trying to hide it that that would be sort of the, the key key takeaway Yeah, I think that that um, authenticity side of of that is is definitely really key. Um, yeah, I think that was a that's a really really important important point there. Um, so we've discussed lots of different things um, today. Um, so I guess finally, what are the biggest benefits um, of PR and healthcare that you would pass on to our listeners? Oh, okay. So I would say trust and credibility are, we've banged on about it the whole podcast, um, but I do genuinely think those are the two things that are really, really going to help healthcare brands who have not done this before really see the benefit of it straight away. Again, search engine rankings, everything that we do, these traditional PR techniques, but with a digital mindset, that you know that is going to help with performance of websites no matter what you do if you're getting links into the sites if you're getting coverage that has links back to specific pages which is something that we are very very focused on at jbh you know the performance aspect on it how is it going to impact your like business's bottom lines those those are the things that um i would say are the biggest benefits you can literally measure them and see the impact um, and then more broadly kind of thought leadership so 
getting your experts into the press and getting them talking about things that they're most passionate about. So when we spoke to you guys when we first started, we had like an onboarding session, we went through everything. We asked you kind of, what are your experts the most passionate about? What do they care the most about? And if we can tap into that as a PR agency, we're gonna look at that relationship between client and agency. We're gonna be able to extract those really, really interesting bits out of you guys. So it's a little bit of a technique that we use to make sure that we're kind of doing things that your experts really care about and you care about as a brand. So that's another thing that I would say is a really big benefit is finding out what you're passionate about and using that for your um, for your PR. Again, things like traditional parameters, like share a voice. You know, there's not a lot of brands in this space doing, in your particular space, for example, there's not a lot of brands doing the digital PR side of things, you know, so there is an opportunity there. They're basically missing a trick, I would say. Um, I mean, I mean, like, you know, crisis comes, Lauren spoke at length about that before. It is something that happens and it's how you deal with it. Um, and then again, educate, educating and sharing information, I would say that is a really, really big benefit because, you know, not a lot of, potentially not a lot of people know what these brands do as, as a business. You might not be out there, you might not have a huge amount of brand awareness out there, but by continually doing the digital PR and working on your working on your visibility, working on your search engine rankings, it will eventually get there. So I would say overall, those are the key things that we really, really care about um, for brands in the, the healthcare sector. And I think they're um, they're all really, really useful things for our listeners to to take away from this this podcast as well, which is exactly the the kind of point in it. Um, so at the end of each episode, we ask everybody to share what the health tech moment. Um, so this question is a bit of fun. Um, it's all about us here and everybody's weird and wonderful stories or things that you might have experienced in particular within the health and social care industry um, or any kind of life-changing moments, I guess, that you've had that relate to health and social care. So Lauren, I know you've got a what the health tech moment. So I'm gonna, gonna come to you on this, this last question. Yes, yeah, so obviously, when you say life-changing, it probably was the most life-changing day of my life. So um, mine is when I gave birth to my daughter. So um, that was in 2018, she was born. Um, and it was a bit of a drama-filled day in, term, in, um, in terms of I couldn't have the initial water birth that uh, I originally wanted. I won't go into details why. Um, and I couldn't actually have her in the hospital that I originally wanted at the birth centre. So I had to go to Gloucester, Gloucestershire Royal Hospital. And obviously, you know, as you speak to any expecting mum, you have a very sort of clear birth plan and idea of what you want to, um, what the process you want to go through when you're pregnant. And it basically just did a 360. You couldn't do what I wanted to do initially. Um, so I was obviously panicking in the car going over to Gloucester, Gloucestershire Royal. Um, but honestly, it was the most amazing experience. The midwives there that I, I, I was lucky enough to um, have look after me that day were incredible. They were so kind. Um, my main midwife, Jade, who um, my partner actually knew from school, which was crazy. Um, she stayed with me an hour and a half after she was meant to finish her shift that night because she'd sort of been there for so long and she wanted to sort of help um, the birth, help me with the actual pushing section, as I say. Um, and yeah, it was just sort of, a, I mean, they were just so kind, so lovely. They put sort of myself, my mum and my partner at ease because obviously we were all sort of really scared. Um, and yeah, they were just a huge source of support and comfort um, the whole way through from when we got admitted at half past two in the afternoon till lunchtime the next day everyone was just sort of so lovely and yeah I can't I can't um speak highly of them enough I know midwives can get a bit of a bit of slack sometimes but yeah our, our, our experience was amazing 
Oh, that's so lovely. That's a really, really nice story to hear. And I think, like you said, you know, midwives are amazing. Um, you know, I think it comes back to that, what we were talking about earlier in the podcast as well, about how passionate people are, you know, the fact that yeah. your midwife wanted to stay to kind of see you through the 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 main bit, if you like, that, you know, she really yeah. wanted to kind of make sure you were you were okay. So yeah, I think that's a, a really lovely story to to end on for our, our listeners. So Thank you very much for that, Lauren. And thank you both for, for joining us this week. Um, it's been a really good episode. Um, thank you, everyone else, for listening. So next week, we're going to speak to Chloe Weatherhead, who is Head of Customer Experience at Radar Healthcare. Chloe's going to be talking to us about the top tips when it comes to a successful implementation. So don't miss that one. Um, don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions for us or our guests, please email whatthehealthtech at radarhealthcare.com. <laughs>